Hello and welcome. This is the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I am your host, Amar Grigic, and today with me is uh, Karmit Klik. Did I say it correctly? Yes. <laughs> uh, you're the CEO for the European Activities for Cogoport. Correct. Um, so what I would like to start off with is a little bit about your background and also how you got to work at Cogoport. Cool. So I started my career in the logistics and shipping uh, in 1999, actually. I started with Maersk establishing the Israeli agency. Uh, then uh, then one thing led to another. I, uh, I've been working and living in China, Hong Kong, uh, Italy, Denmark, and then the Netherlands throughout various roles within logistics and shipping. Um, two years ago, um, I joined Cogoport. Um, I followed the founder, which was my ex-colleague in uh, in Damco and Maersk. And the reason is that once I saw the product, I couldn't stay indifferent to it. Mm. And for many years, I've been uh, helping and supporting, seeing a lot of uh, customers around the world. And when I saw the product, I said, wow, this is a solution to so many um Customer are there mainly into the small to medium segment, mm-hmm. which is not as easy to reach out to them as I would say the enterprise or the larger companies. Mm. And what what spoke to you about, about that in particular? Because uh, you've had all kinds of clients, of course. Uh, yeah. What what spoke to you about those kind of small to medium enterprises? Because I think the small to medium are the backbone of our economy, uh, and I don't think they are being treated right. <laughs> I think uh, throughout my career, the focus was on the 500 fortune companies. Uh, We're supporting them with uh, their supply chain and logistics need. And I constantly seen the gap in the small to medium sector, especially that they are paying the highest cost to the lowest service that they are getting. Mm. And they most probably do not even know that. But uh, it's definitely there. So uh, could you tell a little bit about what you do? So what, what does Kogoport do? So Kogoport is about connecting the players in a digital way uh, by technology. So we would like to connect all the players in the logistics and transport environment, which is the exporter, importer, the freight forwarder, the carrier, the custom brokers, uh, the trucker, and by connecting and giving them a platform, a base to work together in a different way, mm-hmm. um, using technology to reduce cost and using technology to increase uh, the customer experience to all of the player, actually to create, I would say, a larger cake with a win-win-win situation to all parties, mm. um, trying to put a different model out there in the market which is not the current model of the intermediates with uh, with a carrier, with the customers, doing things in a very manual way, untransparent way. Mm. So we are there to change the current model. Okay, so what what's wrong about the model at the moment? As I said, um, we have the carrier, they have huge assets, which are the vessels, they have the containers. Uh, for the last 15 years, they are incapable to return shareholder values. Um, they are losing money. They have consolidated uh, probably to the max or almost to the max, meaning if in 2000 we had 100 carriers, today we have 50. Mm. Uh, still, by doing so, they didn't manage to create a business model that works for them. 
so they are still losing money. That's already very, very wrong uh, because uh, they are the one that actually physically can move the container from A to B. Yeah. The freight forwarder cannot do it. The other intermediates cannot do it. These are the ones that holding mm. the assets. So there is a need in the industry for a different model because the current one do not work. Mm. Um, and this is what we are coming yeah. with. And how, how does it work? So say, for instance, I want to be a client at Gogoport. So how, what, what kind of benefits do I have to, of doing that and instead of just going to a normal company for shipping right now? So what you do is actually you go to our website, which is uh, kogopor.com. You can register for free and you can start your price discovery. So you can uh, search a port pair that you are interested in to transport your goods. That price discovery is free uh, to all. Mm -hmm. Everyone can do it then after you find the right uh, price for yourself with the right service, of course, uh, you will see all the services on those port pair. Um, You will not uh, see what maybe um, your incumbent currently is giving you, but you will see everything that exists and Mm -hmm. you can make the difference and you can make your choice. Once you actually um, select your service and uh, the price, everything will be transparent. So all the item on the pricing will be transparent. You will see the service, uh, the service information, if it's transit time or if it's scheduling information, when can you actually load your cargo mm-hmm. and you booked. And this whole process from the price discovery to the booking process is less than a minute. Mm. Uh, while doing so, you will immediately be assigned for um, customer service that will be in contact with you 24-7 to follow your uh, booking and your shipment till it will done well. Okay. And how, what what's kind of the, the... Is that kind of a minimum or something like that of cargo that someone needs to ship to be able to use your platform? How, how does that work? That company need to be an actual company with yeah. a KVK and yeah, addresses yeah. <laughs> and, and so on. So it's a B2B we are in this segment. Yeah. So while you register, there are uh, minimal information that you need to share sure. for us to follow up that this is actually a company that import or export. Okay. That, that's, that's the only thing that uh, importer and exporter will need to do. Um, and then we will start actual the process. Hmm. After you doing the booking, uh, all the documents are will be online. All the commercial milestone will be online. All the operation milestone will be online, and also the financing and the invoice. So one of our strong features is that whatever we quote to you mm. um, at the moment of the price discovery, this is what will be invoiced to you, and it's one to one. Yeah. So you see a lot of company doing a lot of freight auditing. So they have somebody that check if this quote or by this email that was sent to somebody somewhere uh-huh. is the same as the invoice they are getting. That will be irrelevant because it will be one to one to the quote that you uh, have received, and it's actually on the platform, so you can see it yeah. extremely. Um, Transparent in an extremely transparent way. Yeah, and the, the, that's different than what it is right now because uh, sometimes there are kind of fees that come up uh, just by doing something, right? So how does that work right now? 
Correct. So right now there are, there are different models. So some uh, freight forwarder are setting all in uh, quotation. Then you know you have a, a certain amount of money you will need to pay, and then something pop up throughout the way mm. suddenly, and then you get those uh, fees into your invoice. Um, what we are doing that if anything was changed, we will inform, we will notify, and if the customer agree. We will amend the invoice, but we'll, nothing will pop in the invoice yeah. without the knowledge and the agreement of the customer. Which is how almost every other industry works, <laughs> right? Should. Yeah. I mean, if, if, I'm, if I'm buying, a, I don't know, if I'm buying a washing machine or light or something like that, I don't expect like my price to suddenly change, right? That's the thing. Uh, that, that's, that's the most... Strange thing to me about the whole shipping industry is that uh, it's still, I feel like it's not like the banking sector because the banking sector is actually doing some things to to improve their that kind of digital thing. Uh, but I, I feel that the, the, the shipping, kind of the shipping area in, in general is not moving forward that hard on digitalization and stuff like that, right? Uh, how, how do you view that? So... Uh, we talked a lot about this a little bit before we started, but in the last, I don't know, few decades, there hasn't been a big change in shipping. Uh, how do you see that? Yeah, um, actually, it's, uh, it's a bit tragic because uh, we are living in an era that technology is there. So at Cogoport, um, we use this technology to mm. improve the, the ocean transportation process. Um, and this actually came from outside players, not from traditional players. Um, and you're right. Uh, the industry is almost technology deprived for, for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were, I assume, players that had no interest to, to improve that. But we see a lot of new players now coming up mm-hmm. and want to make shipping better. Um, and that actually impact also the traditional players because we see carrier now more up to digital solution uh, to support uh, their business and their customers. So it's, it's getting there, but uh, there is still uh, quite a gap. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so crazy to me that, for example, someone can lose a container. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's 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 the, the when I when I think about that kind of well, it does happen with packages as well. But that's that's a less of an impact, right? If just one well, you wouldn't want to be the on the receiving end of not getting your package. But a, a container is even more of a value, especially if it's a, a high ticket item or whatever. Correct. That that's insane almost because yeah. we all experience into our personal life when we order something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if it's if it's book which costs ten US dollars or yeah. euros, or if it's a makeup or or anything with a very very small value of that item, we'll know exactly when it will arrive. If there is an issue, uh, if I was not home, where is it located, and we can plan. Yeah. While you have containers where old hundreds of thousands uh, euro values of the goods, when basically um, importer or exporter do not know where they are yeah. um, or have some rough idea, but they, it could go wor- wrong and 
They know I'm, the last checkpoint, for example. They know the last checkpoint, maybe, but I, they can get an email call from their buyer on the other side of the ocean telling me, where's, where's my container? Yeah. And they will not know what to answer, or yeah. they will start calling to so many uh, parties on the process, where's my container, or mm. where's my container? Well, technology is here. Yeah. Actually, it, it's, it's quite, I would say, easy to track uh, a container. You just need to put a device, and there are ca- ca- actually companies that are doing it. Uh, we at Cogoport actually cross data with many, many uh, locations, like the ports, like GPS, or, or, or different carrier information to cross-check every second where is the container that are under our platform being yeah. shipped. So we're actually able to give a um, solution to that much better than other players in the market. Mm. And I think it's just basic. <laughs> yeah, it it sounds basic to me. But what I'm what I'm thinking about is why did the carriers that are already there for like a lot of years, uh, why didn't they just come up with the solution, right? Instead of someone else uh, externally is go- that's going to come up with a solution that they want to stick the device on a container or whatever. Yeah, th- th- that's probably a- an answer you need to hear from them. I, <laughs> yeah, I can give, sure. <laughs> no, I but can it's, give it's, you my perspective of yeah, things. Yeah, I mean, th- they know exactly yeah. where the vessel are. Yeah. Uh, they're getting information. Sure, okay. It is their backend system that cannot support this um, Could be. At, at a certain point. Yeah. Definitely, I agree with you. Yeah. They should... Uh, make that information accessible hmm. and maybe they have the reasoning not but because of the pressure now from other companies now pushing sure. for it i'm actually thinking that this will also help them to facilitate that uh, information uh, transparency yeah because uh, we uh, what i think about it uh, shipping is pretty efficient in a way right so shipping uh, especially when you're doing it by sea it's more efficient than doing it by uh, by land or by uh, plane or whatever because you can i don't know what the biggest uh, ships can carry but they can carry i think a few thousand containers right they can yeah up to 30,000 yeah, uh, TUs yeah. which is uh which is pretty efficient when you yes. look at it right because uh, uh, that's an enormous amount of goods that you can just ship in one in one Correct. go uh but then again if you lose things that's not as efficient anymore, right? Because then uh, people will be like, okay, but now I need to ship another container. You need to give me back my money and stuff like that, right? It, it doesn't make sense to me that they didn't uh, change that before because I kind of see it, uh, see it as a problem, right? I don't know. It, it's it's weird to me that the, that kind of shipping world is, is, is viewing it that way. I, I think they will. <laughs> as you said, when, when there are players coming up that are not maybe directly or indirectly in that space yeah I, you see it everywhere right if there is something someone that comes from outside is like okay why is this like this right why, why not just change it but let's Correct. just make something and, and try to change that is that kind of your mentality as a company as well very much yeah we are there and we have focus on the um, ocean transportation mainly full container transportation and not other modes of transportation at first because we wanted to make that perfect hmm. we wanted to it's have the biggest one as well exactly yeah. we are talking about 70 percent of all goods are being transported by by containers worldwide hmm. and we wanted to make to be there with the best customer experience on that mode and then develop other modes yeah so i i completely agree with you i mean 
all parties in the chain need to become more transparent, need to share more information between each other. Um, and I think it's coming to that place. Hmm. Maybe not by their own wish, but in any case, the pressure from the outside of putting that to that direction. Uh, moreover, I really would like customer to start challenging. I would like importer and exporter start saying, is that the way it should be? Hmm. Is there any other way? And reach out to other players that are actually working to achieve that. Yeah. Because we can say a lot of things about uh, the carriers, but we also see uh, that uh, importer or expor exporter accepted that. Mm. So, so there, there is a, a, a need a bigger pressure to to change that ecosystem. Yeah, that that pressure has to come from the client in that Correct. sense. Yeah, that, that that makes sense. So is that. Um, what do clients, for example, when they use your service, right? Uh, how do they how do they react when they see that in 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 comparison to what they were doing before that? So we have twenty seven thousand registered customer on the platform. Yeah. Um, and we definitely have reached out to to ask about their experience. So the most apparent one that it saved them. 15% on their transportation costs. The second one, that it saves them up to 80% of their time, huh. meaning that their time that was uh, giving to, to chase, to get information, to follow up, uh, and so on and so forth, that's been saved hmm. because everything is on in one place. And you can actually continue working with your current player, but tell them to upload their service and rates on our platform and continue to do that while gaining all the transparency tool mm. and information. So the most evident part is the cost and the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that, that's, well, I mean, if you, if there is one thing I would like to do is to chase containers all day, that, that, that doesn't <laughs> make sense to me. But uh, what, what I was wondering about is that, uh, you, uh, as a company, you started in India. Uh, and uh, you're kind of moving into European market and stuff like that. And you chose the Netherlands. So yeah. why was that? I think the Netherlands, um, especially Rotterdam, is definitely a gateway to Europe yeah. uh, and to majority of consumer in Europe. It's the biggest port in Europe. And also the Netherlands, I think it's the, the right infrastructure for a foreigner business to come in from a language perspective, from procedures, from, from diff legal, from different aspects. Yeah. So that for us was preferable location to start from. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that we are going to stay only in the Netherlands, um, no, but course. it is definitely uh, a launch path. Yeah. for Europe. Yeah, and I think uh, I don't know if that's that's also a thing, but I think that uh, especially when you look at the Netherlands, there are a lot of kind of technological advancements as well, right? So I think I don't know, but I kind of have that feeling that for example, the part of Rotterdam is doing a lot of stuff to make all these kind of things also better for a lot of companies. I don't know if that if that's correct, but uh, I I think that 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 will for sure help as well. Uh when yes, you look at it. Definitely. I think the port is accessible. Yeah. Um, they are trying to also position themselves as the smartest port in the world. Exactly. Uh, there is a lot of activities that are going on with technology. 
So it's it's uh, I think it's definitely a good location for for companies or startup in this industry to start from. Yeah. So how how does uh, how does collaboration for you work on uh, such a remote kind of way, right? Because uh, most of the people that work for you are in uh, India, as we said. Uh, how how does that work? So you have different time zones, uh, different kind of people. Uh, how how is that? How was that for you? I think it's very normal. Yeah. I, I worked in Maersk and all my team was in India anyhow. <laughs> that's <laughs> so what I think. That different. That, that's what I think people do not realize. Yeah. Uh, that uh, the main uh, service centers for large carriers are not in Europe actually and being okay. supported. So actually in my previous employer, I, I was the one setting up teams in, in India to support globally all okay. the regions. So for me, it's super normal. Wow. Um, it's, it's kind of amazing how you can reach very high quality of service um, with people that are servicing people in different parts of the world, but they are not always in the same. What is needed to be in the Netherlands uh, is in the Netherlands. Yeah. So our commercial team, operations, um, marketing are done in the Netherlands and it needs to be local. Mm-hmm. But it's a great efficiency and service to have the backbone yeah. actually done uh, in India and also uh, the tech side. Yeah, so the development. That's correct, like that. yeah. correct. And I think I'm very fortunate <laughs> yeah, uh, that, to that have really that, uh, that uh, business model accessible. Yeah, and uh, that, that, that's the thing. We work with the remote team as well, so I, I totally agree on that because it doesn't matter to me where they are, right? It's just, uh, okay, well, they're in India or they're in whatever. Uh, but there's there because of the technology, it's so easy to, to do correct. that. Uh, but... Uh, to get back a little bit to that technology part, uh, so how do you actually kind of keep track of everything? So uh, carriers have the, the most problem with doing that, but how do you do that to be more transparent and even give maybe more information to a client? So how, how do you guys do that? I think it's a combination mm-hmm. of uh, of technology with manual processes. There is so much we cannot heal all uh, sickness uh, out there, <laughs> uh, but we can definitely bridge and gap uh, many with with the technology. Uh, if we talk about the, for example, track and trace or uh, operational milestones to know where your container will get it in and, and what and across many players. So for example, most uh, importer or exporter, they need to work with at least five parties, they will never be able to work with one forwarder or one carrier. They need to work with with multiple parties. That means that they need to keep track of uh, of different websites or different Excel sheets or different requests or shipment going around yeah. uh, five parties or even more. And uh, the benefits in Cogoport that you can actually do it at one. So you can keep all those parties on the platform and get an aggregated view. Aha, okay. And that's already improved uh, the states quite far. Yeah. To that, the data is accessible in, in the world. It's how to catch it. Yeah. So, so you have data from ports. You have data from carriers. You have data from GPS or, or different satellite equipment. So there is technology that grasps that data digest it very fast and give you an answer. Yeah, yeah. 
And that, that's the thing. I think that uh, when I look at it, uh, one of the things that uh, that came to mind uh, with, with the podcast that I did before, but uh, I, to me, it's interesting that uh, a lot of companies are not uh, jumping in on that. Uh, as I said, doing things like Internet of Things, right? So putting a sensor on uh, such a container so you know exactly at any time where it is, right? You can even do it solar powered if you want to, just to have it uh, all the time there. So are those kind of things that you also kind of look at that you want to uh, give as a service to to your clients? Yeah, definitely. We have cooperation with the, with the company that does it. Okay. You need to remember that customer always look how to um, make transport cheaper, and adding those devices will increase your cost. Uh-huh, so yeah. it's really depend on what commodity you are you are shipping. It will not fit to every commodity, but it fit for some. Hmm. And the one that it does, there is a solution for it as well. I will take it to the other way around, and I will say that the container is owned by the carrier. Hmm. So basically, the importer or exporter is actually renting that equipment yeah. for a period of time, yeah. which they are paying a certain price on. From point A to point B. Correct. Yeah. I would definitely say that this is the, the role of those carriers to make sure that uh, their asset and their equipment and yeah. the location is visible. Yeah, because a, a container isn't cheap. <laughs> I mean, a container, an empty container isn't even cheap, right? Uh, so if they lose that, that's all. That's also money out of their pocket in that sense. That that's a that's a lot. You would you would um, be amazed about the cost of uh, allocation of empty containers around the world. Hmm. We're talking about billions. Yeah. Only the fact that uh, you lack of containers in India, for example, and a lot of the carriers need to move empty container with no goods to India hmm. for that. Uh, and they need That's to weird. do a lot of a lot of things to to change uh, empty containers to where demand uh, area are from low demand area. Mm. Um, that only and that efficiency, if they have the transparency, is significant. So what what could happen, for example, is that say for instance, I have something that comes from China. I have a container; it's shipping goods to me uh, in Rotterdam, uh, in this case. Uh, it could happen that that container will go empty, will go back empty to China. Correct. That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's about it's about uh, demand and supply. Yeah, of course. Most of the supply coming from China to Europe or to US, yeah. and the export in in those there is imbalance of trade. Huh. So there are areas with imbalance of trade that receiving, for example, more import than export. Yeah, of and course. so on. So this is something that the carrier need to manage. Hmm. But imagine, uh, l- let's see the world with only pink. Uh, okay, there is a company with pink container. Let's choose a different color. <laughs> let's see the world with uh, purple containers. So no names. Mm-hmm. Everything is purple. Imagine how much it would it save that there will be uh, no one that need to actually move and all carriers can use a certain uh, central mm-hmm. points of... Uh, There's one system in that sense. Correct. Yeah. That would save millions. 
Mm. Because there could be a location that one carrier is moving empties when the other carriers already have containers there. Mm. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, because... Uh, yeah. So there is a lot of efficiencies that can be brought into the system. Yeah. And then the question again is why? <laughs> why haven't done anybody, why doesn't do, anyone do anything about it? Because uh, we talked about it a little bit. It has effect on everything, right? So it has an effect on climate, on all kinds of things that... Uh, Correct. Uh, that, yeah... It, it, that's really that 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 blows my mind that someone <laughs> would ship an empty container, but because you could you would uh, especially in a port as big as Rotterdam, right? There you should you would probably say there is some export goods there as well. Definitely, I mean, I was not talking about specific Rotterdam. Yeah. I, I was talking generally, yeah. but yes, I mean, people forget that logistics and logistic related is twelve percent of the global G, uh, GDP. Yeah, that's a huge chunk. Yeah, uh, with a lot of inefficiencies there. So actually, as society, our interest to improve this yeah. should be very, very high. Because if we can actually release 2% of global GDP yeah. for sustainability, health, education, this will, be a, will give a huge impact to the world we are living in. Yeah. Um, but probably logistics and logistics related are the most un, I would say, sexy topics to, uh, yeah. to talk. So yeah. thank you for giving me the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, that's the thing is that nobody sees it, right? It's not yeah. that visual in that sense. All but right. uh, when you look at your, I don't know, things that, that are in this room where we're recording right now, it could, well, it's a very big possibility that that was on a ship. Once. Everything, including your walls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, if you have like, a, or how are they called the dry, drywall things. So when you have yeah, that, exactly. We if, don't think about it. Yeah. Well, when we go and 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 buy our t-shirt or, or our fruits or a vegetable, um, our furniture, we don't think about it. That it's actually coming from different place yeah uh it's going through certain supply chain process to be be in our uh, house yeah in our household and, and we don't think about it so much yeah and yeah, that, that's that's <laughs> i i get that that's that's the that's the thing people don't don't really think about what goes into getting something all across the world right that's the thing so exactly. when you uh, when you order on, uh, for example, AliExpress or something like that, right? You order that one little cable that needs to come from China to Rotterdam, right? The, the, the people are like, yeah, that, that just magically appears here. <laughs> that doesn't work like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm completely excited about it. When, when yeah. I ordering, I always thinking also uh, on from a sustainable point of view. Yeah. Um, where is it coming? How it's been produced? How yeah. it was brought? And does it healthy enough to for my daughter to wear it or is it is been done in a sustainable way so for yeah. me I, I'm, I'm leaving that but i i really i understand what you're saying because i think as uh, consumers we yeah. don't put enough uh, focus on that yeah we're like okay this cable costs maybe three dollars here <laughs> and if i buy it in the netherlands it's like twenty dollars correct that, that's the thing that that's what that's what everybody's looking at not like what does it cost uh, in a different way, right? Yes, but I think I, th that's what I will challenge uh, the consumer, right? To, yeah. to start to start thinking about how those little cables, those t-shirts and shirts came mm. and um, 
and be appreciate of, of global trade. Yeah. Because we see a lot of also different statement these days. But if you think, if you just cancel global trade out of your life, what would you be able to buy or live from? Uh, at a lot of things would are. come from Europe, I think, <laughs> 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 when you look at it that way. So what, what, uh, what, kind of, what do you think the, the kinds of things are going to revolutionize this space? So what, what are kind of the things that will change, really change the shipping in the future? First and foremost, it will change uh, when the importer and exporter start to demand mm-hmm. what is rightfully the service they should received yeah they should demand uh knowing exactly where their goods are they should demand transparency on the pricing they should demand uh transparency on the operation and if that movement will start we'll see a lot of change yeah because i I strongly believe on the demand much more than on the supply side the supply side will adjust to what the demand will request so this is the first change I would like to see. I would like to see more and more from all elements, from enterprise to, to small, medium and medium uh, company, start demanding what is out there, what is accessible, yeah. what they should to improve their efficiency, improve their cost, and not to be dependent on on other suppliers so i think yeah. that's that's the first that's a mindset change that, that's Correct. not even a technological change yes yeah. and it, this is even before we take it because yeah. as i said before technology is there yeah technology is there it needs to be used yeah the incentive to use it is when you have the man asking for it this is one i think second we see a lot of technology popping from other sectors like for example blockchain that you can see how it can facilitate global trade. Yeah. Um, this is also a technology that I foreseen will impact significantly on the way we handle documentation, the way yeah. we handle money transfer uh, within uh, transportation. Yeah, and because we- you you would get like a you would get like one source of truth, right? That it would Correct. always be the same. So if, if you say it has been checked in here, you for, for sure know it has been checked in, right? That's Correct, because it, believe it or not, we're still using a bill of lading paper <laughs> yeah. uh, document yep. <laughs> that has been still signed physically with stamps uh, all over three locations in the world till you can release uh, your container somewhere else in the world. That's a lot of stamps. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of stamps yeah. and a lot of uh, DHL and UPS envelope going around with a physical uh, paper because otherwise you cannot release your, your container. Yeah. This is a very, very old-fashioned way. And technology, again, is there. Just the usage because of the high impact of it uh, towards government, custom regulation, port regulation, yep. uh, security. Um, we as an industry didn't manage to solve it, but I already see it's going to that direction. Yeah. Um, so that is super positive. Mm. Yeah, that 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 I think for sure. Uh, I mean, blockchain has a has bad rap because of the kind of hype surrounding it. But I think that this, when we look at it, this is one of the 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 biggest things that you can see that will that have an actual impact, right? If you would use it the correct way, it would 
solve a real problem. Exactly. Know. It was invented for one thing, yeah. but it can actually solve a problem yeah. to another industry. Yeah. And you're right. Uh, and that's my... Uh, I mean, I'm a bit afraid of, of that because we got the hype of blockchain, everybody talking about blockchain without actually no single one product. <laughs> yeah. An actual there, working product. <laughs> which, which consumer or import or export anyone can use, right? Yeah. So you have the hype and then you have the disappointment. A little bit like in 2000, the disappointment of the internet. Yeah. In one sense, the 2000 event uh, kind of clean a lot of rubbish. Yep. And on the other side, the, the true leading uh, internet Came company yeah. raised. Um, and I guess that's what will happen yeah. with, with the blockchain as well. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. It, it, could, it could be. Uh, I, I mean, uh, when the bigger companies get behind it, it will probably change something. That, that's for sure. And uh, as you said, there's so many companies that pretend to do something with blockchain, but actually <laughs> that, that it's pretty much still an idea, right? That nobody's really actually doing something. I had one one guest on the podcast that was actually doing something with blockchain. It was really changing some stuff in the whole mobility space, uh, which is an interesting thing as well, because there it also has a good... Thing because everybody would be like, okay, I know for sure someone has traveled, someone has used this bus, someone has checked in here and checked out there. It's all verifiable things that don't change right afterwards. Yeah, I think there are many applications that can be used yeah, and yeah. it will take time to the technology to mature. Yeah. I think when people come to me and say blockchain and blockchain and blockchain, I'm first of all trying to understand why, <laughs> which problem are you trying to solve? Exactly. Yeah. If you tell me which problem are you trying to solve, then I can respect your, your, uh, yeah. your journey. Yeah. Just to, using the technology, them. just to use the technology is not a good answer in that case. It really needs to solve something. So for Cogoport, we use the technology that we can actually benefit customer now yeah. and looking at the future as well. And looking at another thing, uh, usually, usually it's kind of decentralized. So that that also has uh, a lot of benefits, especially when you're looking at a global solution, right? Because you want to, uh, it needs to be the same everywhere. It, it can't be a different source of proof in, I don't know, in Asia uh, as opposed to Europe or whatever. There, there is a lot of challenges because um, if, if you, it's indeed you're right, yeah. it should. Yeah. But if you go to China, uh, in each province, the, the custom is a completely separate unit. Yeah. <laughs> which do not interact with each other. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and and that's, that's in China where it is quite advanced. Uh, going to other places in the world, uh, you see it again. And this is where um, it's about time we start connecting the dots mm. globally, uh, making sure that, uh, that we talk uh, with each other, sharing data. Yeah. And uh, with time, it will develop. Yeah, it's, and highly, it's highly, I would say, uh, governed yeah. industry. And, and that's probably one of the reasons for the delay in in innovation as we call it yeah that makes sense as well because uh people will be skeptic right uh, maybe people i don't know people in china would be more skeptic if the system was made in i don't know in america or in europe or whatever they would be like oh, i'm not going to use that system i'm going to create my own which you can see for example with 
uh, Facebook and their own kind of Correct. alternative for it and stuff like that. But if it's an open system where everybody can see the data and everybody, it's just open for everyone, well, that ju- does change the playing field a little bit. That's, that's my hope, that yeah. uh, once you create something when the trust level is high yeah. and the transparency is there, yeah. this is a, a ticket uh, to gain that uh, collaboration. So can we as sense. a society create a platform that, um, that party will collaborate in a trustworthy way? It's the be- It's actually the best solution when I think about it. <laughs> this will take a lot of inefficiency out. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, to wrap up, I have one more question. Yeah. Uh, what are you most proud of since starting at Gogoport? I'm I'm very proud of of coming with a different business model. I'm very proud of actually seeing the growth. Twenty seven thousand importer and exporter register. It's not a small number. No. Nope. Um, and I'm very, very proud of not to imitate uh, other model and creating a digital face to it or a digital output to it because that's probably the easiest way. But actually to look at all the chain from beginning to an end and saying we apply technology when matter and we apply technology when it's impacting to our customer today mm. because we want to benefit them today. And to see that growth is exciting and I'm extremely proud of being part of this team. Very cool. So where can people find Cogoport on the internet? You've, you've mentioned it in the podcast before, but uh, just one more time. Yes, www.cogoport.com. Thank you. And uh, thank you for being here. It was a pleasure to, to talk to you. Uh, and of course, for the listeners, you can find the Bits vs. Byte podcast on bitsvsbytes.com and on all major podcasting platforms. And of course, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram, it's all Bits vs. Bytes. I would like to thank you for listening and until next time.